listening to the Not Takes Fantasy Football Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Not Takes Fantasy Football Podcast, where we're talking about one of our favorite subjects, and that's best ball fantasy football. So, Best ball body. <laughs> yeah, you know it, Danny. <laughs> As always, you are joined by your host, Bob and Dan. Hey, Dan, what up? What up, Bob? Had a little bit of a busy uh, Dynasty week here this week, didn't we? I know. It feels like I was working my uh, typical 9 to 5 and then came home and was doing uh, some hardcore negotiating in the evening, too. I mean, it was like uh, nonstop work, although I will say uh, pretty happy with the outcome. Uh, very well negotiated and uh, fair trade overall, I think, for sure. Address needs on both sides, which is what we try to do with all trades. And, uh, yeah, I, I thought it, it was actually good because we just did the Dynasty episode. So to really right. get into it um, was nice because our mentality was pretty much there. So when we talked about the news portion of it, Dan, we can bring it up because one of the players that we obtain would be relevant in, in regards to that news. So we'll bring up the For trade sure. and the details there in a little bit. But, yeah, so today we're going to talk all things best ball. Um, you know, it's one of my favorite things to do outside of the uh, actual draft. I, I think by the end of the year, we'll probably have like upwards of 30 drafts when we get to the weekly and then with all <laughs> yeah. the in-season stuff. So it's just yeah. a fun way to do fantasy football. I mean, this is a pretty new thing, too. I mean, I, I think daily has become a huge kind of just a huge kind of entity itself. Um, I never was really super into daily. Uh, I, I, I know I like the idea of having every new players every time. Uh, it just wasn't something that I've gotten into big time yet. Um, but last year I got introduced to this best ball format um, through you and through, through, you know, our league and doing this. Uh, and it's something that I just, I love. I, I love being able to do just a random draft and have, you know, a stake in a, in a player that, you know, in my other leagues, there's no chance this guy falls to me, things like that. It's just one of those things where, uh, fantasy football is just starting to become such a huge thing. Uh, and there's new stuff coming out every day. This is one of the newer things that I think you and I really enjoy. Yeah, and the key word you said there, Dan, was draft because that's the thing everybody looks forward to the most. And now you could do it right. really whenever you want to. Right. You could do it mid-season. You could do it beginning of the season. You could do it now. You could have done it, you know, three months ago. Um, and it's just really, really a uh, a good time and a good way to kind of kill some time as well if you're sitting around i know you and i usually get uh you know every other weekend or so get a hey you guys want to do a best ball draft right. just for the you know for the heck of it sure yeah why not and the best thing is is that some of your other drafts you know you need 10 people this one you could go head to head you could go three three teams four teams five teams as many or as little as you want uh and it's and it's just a lot of fun it's i i really enjoy it and i'm sure by the end of this season um with our various drafts coming up uh, we got the dynasty draft here in a couple weeks and we've got our big main league draft here in august uh usually that weekend 
uh, produces at least seven or eight best ball drafts just because after, we're getting in the mood. After about seven or eight beers each, too. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll talk all things best ball, sort of set the stage on what it is, how we approach it, and then we're actually going to reference a seven-team draft that we did with a fair amount of our League of Record mates that we did maybe pushing five weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and you're going to see, um, especially when we talk about my team, an early draft pick that uh, may not even play for me. How am I going to overcome that and uh, yep. what best ball does for it? But, Dan, before we do that, just a note. Um, next week we will not be recording an episode. I will be on vacation, and I am not taking my equipment with me, so Dan and I are going to take a break. Beach time, Bobby. And then I think when we get back, Dan, uh, we're going to have a conversation uh, of some sort, but I'm sure it's going to be somewhat about Dynasty since our draft would be that following Saturday. Um, yeah. Not doing yeah, a full well, episode, but more of where we're at heading into our Dynasty draft. Yeah, we've been in full-blown Dynasty mode, really, for the past couple of months. I mean, all last week, like I said, uh, we've been fielding, you know, trades pretty much nonstop. Uh, so, uh, I mean, I, I'm excited to kind of get into uh, a, a real strategy kind of laid out uh, who we're looking at. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk about our trade here in a little bit. Now, it really has changed our strategy in terms of what we're looking for at this point, I think. Yeah, so just to, like I said, just want to give a heads up. There won't be a show next week uh, for a little bit of summer fun. But, Dan, before we get into best ball, I want to cover two uh, running attack uh, pieces of news here. And one is about Adrian Peterson, who I said would be a regression candidate, uh, which I still firmly believe. But per NFL.com, Adrian Peterson said his goal is to run for 2,000 yards this season. Now, obviously, that's extremely unlikely with age, history, uh, but the guy's one of the physical freaks of the position. I still think, because no, we don't know what's going on with Darius Geis and his recovery, he right. could be the starter, but this is where I throw up my red flags with him in redraft leagues is, even if he is the starter, everything is against him as far as age and, and how many years and things of that nature, but he mentally believes he can still run for a lot of yards. I'm still staying away, but Dan, what say you? I mean, it's going to get to a point, Bob, where if nobody's taking him, the upside uh, is you just can't <laughs> turn away from it. Um, I mean, let's be honest. If he's there super late in draft, he's still a, potentially a starting running back in the right. NFL. Right. And if he's if he's there super late, I'm not going to pass him up just because I think, you know, there's a chance he doesn't get 2,000 yards. Uh, if he does, it'll be crazy. Um, but give the other give thing me is, like 900 yards and seven to eight touchdowns and I'd be super pumped. <laughs> that and the fact that he also uh, showed more receiving prowess last year than I could ever remember him having. Uh, I mean, it was it was kind of surprising. But, I mean, that's a very crowded backfield. I mean, I saw news today that uh, Redskins coach was talking up P-Ride. Samaj P. Lip. Samaj P. Ride. p Ride. <laughs> And I was I, I I forgot that guy existed because he was a healthy scratch so many times last season. Right. So it's not only him who they're saying was the best back in the in the OTAs, which I find hard to believe. I, I feel like that might be blowing some smoke. But right. you know, I'm not there, so who knows? Um, but they still got Chris Thompson, guys, Darius guys. Chris Thompson. So we've really got, I mean, four uh, three Three legit kind of fantasy options 
so I mean, I feel like we're looking at a San Francisco situation here. Like, I, I don't, I would, it, it'll get to the point where you're like, I don't even know who to start right now, right? Right. Yep. That's why, that's why I cautioned he's the regression candidate for me because there's a very real possibility he will start. Uh, if guys can't get healthy, he will, he will be the guy. But there's no passing attack. If I if I'm against the Washington Redskins, I'm stacking the box. And yeah, you're loading up against the run. That's for sure. You're making people throw on you. I mean, when we don't know how Dwayne Haskins, who I who I'm guessing will be the starter, um, whenever the season opens, how he'll do. Um, but at the same time, I I. I I mean, it, it could be it's going to be a red skin running back roulette where you're just going to be like spin the wheel. And, well, I guess I'll plug him in. So the only thing that gives it clarity is injury. And with right. Geis's injury history, uh, I mean, we don't really know if his knee's right, things like that. Uh, I mean, if it's a two headed attack, which I think it could be, which it kind of was last year. Right. With Chris Thompson and AP, uh, I, I can see him getting to a thousand yards. Right. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, two thousand is, is is insane. I, I don't see that happening. Uh, if he but, does that, you know Dan, what? I'll buy beers for the rest of our lives if he goes for two thousand <laughs> yards. Uh, I'll take that bet, and I'm going to be closely monitoring it. Don't you worry. I'll, I'll remember this one. For yeah, let's see too. if another Redskin can burn me this year. But so uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a situation where uh, I, I don't think see two thousand is a pipe dream. Two thousand is a nice number to say. Uh, if he if he makes it happen, it'll be insane. It'll be like the bargain of your fantasy draft if you get him if he gets you two thousand yards and probably multiple touchdowns. Right. So Dan, the other uh, rushing attack I want to talk about is Seattle. Per the Seattle Times, Seahawks Seahawks offensive mm-hmm. coordinator the Seahawks Brian Schottenheimer, the offensive coordinator coordinator said the offense will remain run heavy in two thousand nineteen. He's making no apologies for the way he plays. Carroll wants a one-two punch at running back between Carson and Penny. Carson's rehabbing minor knee surgery. Penny's drawn rave rave reviews. I hope that it stays exactly like this because, Dan, why don't you go over the trade we made in Dynasty and give some reasoning behind it. Yeah, and and we didn't do this to call you out, Craig, so keep that in mind. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, we actually made a uh, significant... I feel like it's a significant dynasty trade. Uh, the last couple of days, it was the it was a couple of weeks of long negotiations, um, which ended up with us uh, snagging a individual who is in the mix here. We actually were able to get uh, Rashad Penny in his second season here, and I'm pulling up the trade. And yeah, I, give... I've got it. So it's Rashad Penny. We got Mark Ingram, and we've got Devontae Parker and Craig's third-round pick, I believe pick 27, and we gave yep. up Mitchell Trubisky. Monte, oh God, Valdez Scantling. I'm not even going to go through the whole name from Green Bay. <laughs> we gave up MBS. Tyler Boyd, and we gave up our first round pick, and right, which was the fifth pick overall. Yep. And Dan, reasonings behind that, uh, to me, we wanted to get a young running back to pair with Christian McCaffrey for the future, and yep. we wanted to buy in on Rashad Penny. We yep. get immediate help with Mark Ingram. So really, our running back core now, we've we're actually. 
pretty solid. Running back heavy, but we're starting Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, Mark Ingram, Rashad Penny, and then we've got Breda and LaShawn McCoy sort of sitting there. So pretty much... We've got Jamal Williams. Yeah, pretty much our flex will be a running back. And what, what we're hoping is that... Rashad Penny sort of takes over at some point, and we can pair him and Christian McCaffrey for the next three, four, or five years as stalwarts of our running game. Yeah. We, we invested so heavily in the wide receiver core that we had to sort of flip some of those parts to make that happen. And and the great thing about it, Dan, is they were all waiver pickups for us. So it was sort yeah. of uh, those were those were guys that uh, you. Uh, we're saying, hey, I really think we need to look at this guy. And I'm saying, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. And uh, you work that waiver wire, Bobby. So uh, I will say, yeah, well, those are all guys that we spotted on the wire. Tyler Boyd, we got right when he started getting hot. Um, and, uh, you know, Valdez Scantling. We picked up like right after Geronimo Allison's injury, I want to say. Got hurt, yeah. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, Trubisky was, frankly, just sitting there on the wire, too. And after the draft, we, yeah. After the draft, it's like, you know, why not grab this guy and just stick him on the, you know, on this on the practice squad and just see what happens. And, boy, he really, he really took off. We've got another guy sitting there, Josh Allen, who, you know, both you and I have high hopes for as well. But we, we're set kind of at QB for right now, outside of injury, with uh, Russell Wilson. And then, yeah, if we decide to hold on to Andy Dalton and see if he's got one year, you know, whatever. I mean, that's just foul right. luck at that point if he produces anything. I mean, and the, that was another part of the penny trade that I liked was that we get to pair him with Russell Wilson. And I know that makes, you know, people might say, well, he's a running back. What's it have to do with it? Uh, yeah, but I, I think that there's going to be passes out the backfield that Penny can take to the house. So you're going to get double points that way, which I love cashing in on. The other thing is, is that I see that Seattle backfield. And I don't know why I was just thinking about this when I was driving the other day. Uh, You know, this is an early, I think, um, kind of situation that they had similar to what they had in New Orleans when they had the big bruising back run between the tackles, get the, get the hard, hard yards, maybe break a few, you know, long ones here and there uh, back, which in new, in new Orleans was Ingram and see in Seattle. I, I say that that's Carson, right? Yep. And then you've got the big play threat, scat back, catching balls out of the backfield, kind of home run hitter. Um, I'm not saying Rashad, Rashad Penny's Kamara. Um, but I'm saying is that if he even becomes Kamara light, we are in good shape going forward because at some point Ingram had to go because they need to get the ball to Kamara more times. At some point, they're going to have to make a decision. Does Kamara or not? Does Penny take over uh, or does Carson, do they stick with the plotting back Carson? Uh, plus Carson's got some injuries. So I, it's just one of those backfields that I felt like you and I should buy into early because I think there's a chance that it goes um, up from here. Right. And I think too, Dan, that we were saying the whole time, man, we really should hold on to our draft picks. But the more we thought about it, the closer we get, I think the players we would want are going to be gone at five. Right. And this draft is so deep that we could afford to sort of move back and recoup later and just start taking people that we could put on our taxi squad and say, Hey, I think this guy can develop in a year or two. Let's let's go that route, and you know. Um, and and frankly, we we still have some young receivers on our team. I mean, we've got Deion Canyon, uh, and we've Smith. got Traquan Smith. And if Traquan Smith can step up and be a, a number two there, we're we're in business. Yep. The other thing is, is that I feel like this is a pretty deep 
um, draft in terms of receivers right. who could hit. Right. Um, so, and I was talking to Craig about this trade, and I said, well, you've got great receivers. Um, one of them is Michael Thomas. I said, well, where did you take Michael Thomas when you first drafted him? He said, second round. Right. You see, like, guys like that who are big-time studs right now in the league, fantasy-wise, I feel like you can grab those guys, like, later in the draft. Like, let's just think about Antonio Brown. When he was first drafted, I wasn't in that dynasty league back then, but let's be honest, I'm sure people were like, eh, I'll take a flyer on this guy, and boom, he explodes. I mean, right. it's one of those things where if you can find, if you just find a gem, it makes your team, you know, just pop, uh, and you do that work through the dynasty draft. And everything that I think you've been reading and everything that I've been reading was if you're outside the top three picks of dynasty drafts this year, all rookie uh, trade back. Right. So we got what we needed, a young running back. And uh, a guy who you're really kind of bringing me around to is Devontae, uh, Devontae Parker, Rob. He, I mean, it's, it's this way every preseason, but maybe it just took a coaching change. They did really nothing to necessarily strike fear as far as the receiving core is concerned. Right. He's getting rave reviews. To me, that was just, hey, we need something back. Why not right. take a flyer? If he's no good, then so be it. We're, we're prepared to handle that. But if he turns into anything, he could be a number one receiver on a football team. So Sure. <laughs> and those are hard to come by. And plus, you know, it's, it'll be fun to invest one year in Fitzmagic. Why not? Yep. Uh, so, yeah, that covers the news and notes. That covers our uh, recent Dynasty trade. I know we just had our Dynasty discussion. Feel free to give us any feedback at NotTakesFF. Twitter and Instagram or nottakesff at gmail.com. Tell us what you think about the trade if you feel free to. But Dan, if you're ready, I'm ready. Let's talk some best ball bonanza. (laughs) Sounds good. Best ball discussion. So, Dan, what exactly is best ball in your own words? There's really two ways to look at it. There's the before season, the preseason, right, and then there's in season. So, how would you describe the season long, and then I'll take the in season league. Season long leagues are basically drafts that you do, and it's usually with yeah, anywhere from you know two people to four people, five people, ten people, whatever. Uh, and you have a team for uh, for the entire season. Shocking, I know, but. Uh, you're not managing the team like you would be with your roster in your typical fantasy league. Basically, what you're doing is that you're trying to build a roster that could produce the highest point output week to week. And that is just kind of done in the in the app that we use by the app itself. So it'll take, for example, you've got you could draft seven receivers, but you don't have to pick which seven you're starting. You can kind of just sit there, enjoy the games, and then your app takes care of it. It will just automatically roster your three highest scoring wide receivers. Same thing for running backs. You can take 10 running backs. It doesn't really matter because they're going to roster the highest the highest scoring running backs. They'll also work that into a flex play. So the highest ranked flex player will do that as well. Same thing for tight ends. The same things for quarterbacks. There's no kicking. There's no defense. It's all offense. And you're basically just trying to build a team that you feel like in totality will be scoring the most points for a season long stretch. And you go week to week and you will win week to week 
in terms of are you the highest scoring team in your um, in your best ball league? Yeah, best ball was very, very good to me last year. I enjoyed it. I I mean, we did probably about 10 drafts at our League of Record draft. I'm sure that's going to be the same again this year. But we'll talk about strategy here in a moment because um, it, it should differ from what you probably are doing in your regular redraft leagues. And the other thing about that is that those best ball leagues, um, they're all sitting there for a season. So at the end of the year, you're either getting a nice payday because a bunch of leagues are paying you out or you're just sitting there with an empty bank account. Not because, not <laughs> because you, because you spent all your money already on those best ball leagues and you're not getting any return on them. Right. And then there's in-season leagues. So if you listen to us during the season last year, we did a getting drafty on the draft app contest, which we're definitely going to bring back on our Thursday show where within a week, you can do a draft with however many teams that you want. And what it does in the regular season, in-season leagues, is each week you get a roster of five players. A quarterback, two running backs, and then two pass catchers. And what we try to do to spice it up on the show, if you have not listened to our in-season episodes from last year, is one of those pass catchers has to be somebody that we call deep pull. So under, mm-hmm. ten, under 10 points projected. So that could be a tight end or a wide receiver. Sometimes we've gone into the running backs, but I like to keep it to the pass catchers. Um, and same thing. You get the cumulative score of those five players. Whoever um, scores the most wins, or depending on your league size, you could place for second and third as well, depending on how right. many players you have. So it's a fun way, like we said, to do drafts at any point during the week and draft players that you think are going to explode that week. So, um, you know, maybe you know, you're know you not keen to playing whatever player we're going to talk about later. But that week you're looking at the matchup and saying, boy, he's really going to blow the top out the coverage and all you need is one of those plays, and you could possibly win the week with that player that you probably aren't drafting on your normal team. Oh, yeah. So so that sort of gives an insight on the different ways uh, you can go about doing best ball. Now, Dan, what app do we play um, our best ball at? I think it's the only one I would use. It's the best one. It's my favorite, quote-unquote, weekly type of uh, fantasy football app. It's the... Oh, sorry. It's a draft app. Draft. <laughs> yeah, to me, this is the best. For the other thing is, is that you don't have to do it with buddies. You can just go onto this thing and do it with random strangers for season-long leagues, daily leagues, things like that. Um, there, there's a bunch of options, different sports. I mainly just do football, but uh, they've got baseball, hockey, golf, all that stuff's on there. Yeah, so Bobby's over here in the in the lobby, and there's about one, two, three, four, five, six, I mean, there's close to 15 drafts just in queue that you could just go join at any time, ranging from $25 all the way down to $1. There's even one for $2,500, so um, yeah, you can really do whatever total you want with how many people you want. It could be a fast draft, it could be a slow draft. It's so flexible and it does all of the work for you. So to me, this is the go-to for best ball. Now, as far as the season-long leagues, their rosters and scoring work like this. One quarterback, two running back, three wide receiver, one tight end, one flex, and 10 quote-unquote bench spots. And the scoring in the draft app is half-point PPR, six points per rushing and receiving touchdown, four points per passing touchdown. So to Dan's point... 
those bench players can be activated into the lineup at any point if they mm-hmm. have a, if they have a monster week. So you don't have to worry about, man, I drafted this guy. I never know when to play him. The draft app will do that for you. Right. And you don't you don't have to pay attention to matchups. You don't have to pick which matchup you like the most. You don't have to say, eh, I think this is going to hit. You don't have to deal with paying uh, – free agency money for rosters and to pick people up which you know could hurt you at some point as well but uh it's really the least management you're going to have to do for any kind of your fantasy games and probably potentially uh it's one of the most fun because you just i check mine from time to time just to see where i'm sitting right in the rankings and the standings um I didn't do so hot last year. I only won like two, uh, but it, it's it, it filled the bank account bank account up enough now uh, for me to be able to just kind of play around and see what hits. Yeah, I think Dan, if I'm, I know we're getting ready to talk strategy here in a moment. The only thing I really check, and it's when you get later in the draft when you're starting to pick players that you just hope do well. Mm-hmm. That's when I start peeking into the bye weeks. Because for instance, I normally only do two quarterbacks in any of my leagues. Now, twelve team leagues, I maybe pick up a third just to because if one if both of them go down you're screwed but right that's where you got to pay attention to bye weeks because if you pick a quarterback and another quarterback that both have the same bye week you're basically zeroing out on that position so oh yeah it's not something you pay attention to early but it is something to pay attention to as the draft starts to get on and you're looking you're going oh boy um i've got <laughs> i've got two tight ends on bye week four i'm either not gonna have a tight end play that week or i'm gonna have to just take a flyer at the end of the draft there so yeah, I've got a team, Bob, that in one of the drafts that we did, uh, that I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, six running backs. And in week 10, four of them are on a bye week. Yeah. <laughs> yep, so you know who you're playing on week 10. Yep, yeah. So, Dan, when you enter a best ball draft, let's just say it's around 10 or higher. So one where there's, uh, you know, you're going to have to really sort of think, like, we've done three – person leagues where you're just so stacked when you're getting into 10 person best ball drafts what kind of strategy do you have does it differ from what you normally do or do you sort of follow the same principles that you take in your normal redraft league um i think in the best ball league like drafts um i'll probably actually reach a little bit more um, just because I, I just I do so many of them, we do so many of them. Um, I want a variety, so I want different teams. I don't want the same team matchup every single time. Right. Uh, so I, I will. I'll probably reach a little bit more. Sometimes I'll be like, oh, I really like that rookie. Yeah, I'll take him here because I, I like I have those guys on other teams. I just want to see if this guy will hit for me. Um, and, I'll, and I'll do things like that, but. Um, I, I really pay, try to t- pay attention to the bye weeks more so than the um, redraft leagues that we do. Um, not only because you don't want to be stuck with no players to play, um, but there's no free agency. Right. There's no picking up anybody. Your team's your team. So you really have to kind of plan ahead and you can't say, oh, you know what? Uh, it's not going to matter if I only take one tight end because you know, I'll just pick somebody up, up, up the wire or I'll stream quarterback. You can't do that in these leagues. You have to kind of lock yourself into a team for the whole season 
because there isn't going to be any free agency available to you. Right. Yeah. If I were to say my strategy, if I'm if I'm drafting towards the back end of a ten team league, I want two stud wide receivers since you know it is a half point PPR. So I, I try to right. get two stud wide receivers. Whereas probably in redraft league, I want one and one stud wide receiver, stud running back. Because I would prefer to take flyers on running backs that might be able to grab the job later, but to right. have those two stalwarts right off the bat, if I if I were to say I had a strategy, that's it. And quarterbacks is a position I'm willing to reach on if I don't feel like I'm getting value in the other positions. Mm-hmm. So we're in redraft leagues. I'm definitely waiting. If I see like Aaron Rodgers just floating out there in six, seven, eight, Andrew Luck, you know Deshaun Watson, Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, I'm more willing to grab those players and hope that they can blow up again because then it takes the pressure off at the end. I'm just picking a second quarterback that's just sitting there. I don't have to worry about, like, using back-to-back picks. So that's a little bit different for me is I'm more willing to take what I consider a stud quarterback if the value's there earlier than I would in redraft leagues. I mean, I know you only take usually two quarterbacks in these threes. I like to take three, and I, I think it's the position's so deep. I just like the variety in terms of, you know, if, if one of my guys throws out a stinker, uh, I've got two other options there. And, uh, like, for example, I, I've got a team where I've got Andrew Luck, Baker Mayfield, Carson Wentz. Andrew Luck, yeah, injury concerns. Baker Mayfield, Maybe a little bit of a reach, but at least you have that Carson Wentz there that kind of even it out a little bit. Yeah, Dan. In terms of some consistency. Yeah, to your point, I think in, when I get to 12 team leagues, that's when I take three of quarterback and tight end. Because, yeah, when you're getting to that size, um, I waited. So, for instance, in this one 12 team league, I did. I got Ben Roethlisberger in the ninth, Trubisky in the 11th, and I just took a flyer on Mariota you know, in the 15th. Just to sort of protect against it because yeah right. I mean, uh, for some reason I just feel the need in those 12 team leagues to get depth everywhere because uh, at, at some point uh, you know if you have multiple players go down and you waited you're, you're in big trouble like mm-hmm. um, you know with tight end I sort of waited too in this league I took Jared Cook in the 7th Jesse James in the 12th and I said you know I see CJ Ozoma there in the 16th why not? Just Why in not? case, yeah, just to have some right. depth there. So, um, yeah, my strategy does change a little bit when we get to 12-team leagues on what, what I do construction-wise because um, I, I like to try and get as many studs in the running backs and wide receivers and then just sort of backfill the other two positions if possible. Um, so, Dan, uh, I'm going to give you, and then I'm going to ask you, we'll, we'll go, um, we'll alternate here. Players that we target later in best ball drafts and why. So these are players that you probably don't necessarily target in your regular redraft leagues, but these guys are what best ball is all about. And I'm going to give you my first one, and I think I have him in 90% of the best ball drafts I've done, and that's yeah. Deshaun Jackson. His ADP in the best ball draft app is 120. To me, this is the definition of a best ball player. In regular season leagues, you're probably never going to know when to own him. So last year, he blew up in the first two games. You're thinking, all right, I've got an every week starter. And then Deshaun Jackson just became Deshaun Jackson. Right. I want him for those weeks that he blows up because, A, it's late draft capital. And B, he has the chance to blow a top off a defense at any point. I mean, last year he had a long of 75 yards. So, I mean, if I only get five weeks of massive, like, boom production where he's three catches for 120 and two touchdowns, that's what I look for in value later in best ball drafts. 
Yeah, I mean, that's what, kind of what you're looking for is those big boom plays, right? Exactly. So you want those guys to come in, and it's not necessarily you need them to be consistent throughout an entire season. You don't, because you don't have to worry about playing him and missing out on one of your more consistent players. What you need is those big-time boom plays, um, So, which is why I look to guys like Will Fuller. Will Fuller, I think, is a great best ball receiver because he doesn't do a lot of work over the middle. He doesn't do very much work, um, you know, anywhere else other than on the long ball. I mean, he's a great long ball, big play guy. And the other thing about best ball is, is that I'm willing to take a flyer on Will Fuller because when he's hurt, it's not taking anything away from my team. I don't have to worry about setting a lineup if he gets bounced out in the middle of a game because he pulls a hamstring. But at the same time, if for some reason he goes off for, you know, 150 yards and two touchdowns, which he's perfectly capable of doing, right. I got him slotted right into that best ball position. So those, I think, is those players, Deshaun Jackson, Will Fuller, um, those big, big time long ball players, um, I, I think are the deep threats are guys that I like taking, you know, you know, super late and not super late, but late in best ball drafts just because you can just kind of wait and see and hope and pray that they do what they do best and just catch long touchdowns. Yeah, I'll give you two more wide receivers that I would draft late. Uh, another Speaking of Houston, Kiki Kiki. His uh, ADP in draft is 95.7. So while you said Will Fuller wasn't the picture of the health, I mean, he necessarily wasn't either. But... Kiki QT flashed potential in the regular and postseason. He had games at some point of 11 receptions for 109 yards, and then in the playoffs, I believe against the Colts, 11 for 110 and one touchdown. So that's the type of position that you can get him in, you know, ninth round later if you're doing less people in the draft. That could be blow-up spots that will catch you into the flex spot at least or possibly get into one of your wide receiver spots that you're not necessarily drafting high capital and you don't have to worry about if he misses a game here or there. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, Kiki Kute. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, Mike Williams even. Mike yeah. Williams has some, has some nice uh, deep threats uh, there. Dan, here's uh, another one. We just picked him up in Dynasty. Devontae Parker. His, Devontae Parker. His ADP yeah, exactly. in the draft app is 185.5. <laughs> I mean, <you laughs> if, he's, if he's even taken, because we've done, what, three or four, and I, and I don't remember anyone even taking him once. Right. I think now that the news is starting to come out that he's having some nice rapport with Fitzpatrick, yeah, he'll sneak in. Why not draft him at the end? You don't yeah, there's no, there's, there's no downside. He's, he's not taking a roster spot. He's not something you're going to be able to pick up off waivers. You've got to invest early. Why not give him a try? Because if he catches, you know, two or three long touchdowns, you know, in a, in a couple weeks, he, he's making your best ball squad in terms of he's getting slotted in those top one of those top scoring positions. Right. I'm going to give you three running backs and then some notes, Dan, and then if you want to add on any running backs that I like drafting later. One's Ronald Jones from Tampa Bay. Now, his ADP in the draft app is 85. Now, he did nothing of note last year. But picking him as a fourth or fifth running back, is no it's a no-risk investment because right. all the reports out of Tampa Bay is he's been impressing. If he does, great. If he doesn't, it's not the end of the world. Um, another one I have is Royce Freeman, ADP 89.5. And I'll keep saying it, and I'll gladly be wrong on the guy. I like him. I loved him last year. He's on one of my um, deeper uh, redraft leagues I did with some people on Twitter. 
I don't know if I believe in Philip Lindsay, uh, and it's just the gut feeling. Uh, right. Uh, now, his injury to me is not critical. Um, the, the wrist, I, I believe, is his injury. So I think he'll be able to recover from that. But the pedigree, I'm just worried that that was a one-hit wonder and that was the peak. And Denver has been one of the better running teams for as long as I can remember. So even if Philip Lindsay is the guy... Uh, you're telling me with the quarterback room of Joe Flacco and the uh, the rookie lock that they're not going to run a decent amount. So even so, I only need Freeman for a couple weeks and then last running back. Man, I feel like the Dolphins are providing Greg draft value. Uh, Kalen Balage, ADP 140. So once again, he's one of your last two picks. Until somebody tells me that they're committing to Kenyon Drake in Miami... Balazs is going to be involved at some point in this offense, and he showed his possible ceiling if he's giving somewhat of a workload. We're against a pretty stout defense week 10 of last year against the Minnesota Vikings. He went for 12-123-1. So if I'm getting any of that at any point, even if it's just twice during the league with one of my last two picks, I'm pretty pumped with that. Right. I mean, it, again, what we're looking for is home run hitters, right? We're looking for those guys who are going to be able to take balls long and uh, score long touchdowns. So, yeah, those guys all kind of can kind of move the needle for you there. Um, someone else who, who comes to mind, why not? Why not roll the dice on AP? You have no, <laughs> nothing to lose on him. Right. I mean, it's 2,000. You're sitting pretty because you've got, you know, you don't have to worry about matchups. You can just sit back and see if you can do it. So AP comes to mind. The other thing is, is that you can invest in those crowded backfields. If you like Jarek McKinnon, if you like Tevin Coleman, See, if you like Mike Matt Breda, uh, thinking, hey, one of those guys is going to emerge, you can grab them late in these drafts and just say, hey, if it hits, good. If not, it's not killing me because I've got people like McCaffrey or Bell, those every down players that you have to that you have to grab in those early rounds. Dan, to me, you hit on the perfect backfield to target in best ball. You're, you're probably wanting to stay away from in, in redraft because who the hell knows who it's going to be. Exactly. But in best ball, why not? I mean, what's what's it going to hurt you if one of them takes over and you happen to draft that guy? Yeah, and I mean, guys like Tevin Coleman are guys who can take it to the half house. Haas. I was so Pittsburgh. Go Haas. Pittsburgh there. Guys, Go. you can take to the Haas, right? Tevin Coleman's going down there to the Haas. <laughs> he can take it to the Haas, Dan. Take it to the Haas. Love the show. Oh, gosh. Anybody yeah. from Pittsburgh will get that. Everybody else is probably saying, what are Why they Why are they doing? talking like that? Well, if you ever met my mom or my dad, you know exactly what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, sh- shout out to Jack and my dad as well, Big Bobby. <laughs> Pittsburgh is. Yeah. Non-stop. No dot. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, those are some players that I, I think they're just perfect best ball type of candidates that you can get, you know, round seven and later. And that's encompassing all league sizes, 12 and, and less. So, Dan, do you want to review? I think this is a good contest. We're not going to do a draft right now. You guys are going to hear us do drafts all during the year. But we did a draft between seven of our league members that was probably five, six weeks ago by now. And that's the great part. You can start doing them that early. Right. Let's review each of our teams. We'll, we'll just read off the picks and in the order, because it, it, that's another good thing, is you can see exactly when you took these players. And then just talk about your overall feelings about your team uh, and, and your thoughts. So, Dan, why don't you go ahead and read yours. If you could, read them in the order you picked them. Uh, I'd be happy to read you through uh, my draft here, Bowby. Uh, I had the number five pick in this. There were seven people in the league. I had the number five. 
my first pick was Christian McCaffrey. Uh, after that, I paired him with Odell Beckham. And then I got Dalvin Cook in the third round. Adam Phelan in the fourth. And Patrick Mahomes in the fifth. Kenny Galladay, smooth Kenny G in the sixth. Calvin Ridley in the seventh. Darius Geis in the eighth. Corey Davis in the ninth. Chris Carson in the tenth. Jared Cook was my first uh, tight end in the eleventh. Nice value there. And then I felt uh, a little nervous about just having him. So I got Trey Burton in the 12th. And then I went another quarterback, Russell Wilson, in the 13th round. Uh, and here's, here's the Bennett. Here is not. Here's the downfall of doing your drafts much too early. Uh, I took Doug Baldwin in the 14th. Yep, so you know uh, that you're not getting anything there. So. Yeah, so you, you've lost. That's basically a, a, a dead pick at this point. And so it was Doug Baldwin in the 14th round. 15th, I grabbed Latavius Murray. Uh, out of New Orleans. Uh, 16th, I grabbed Cortland Sutton from Denver, hoping for some big plays out of him down the line. And then I got my third quarterback, Mitchell Trubisky. And then Chris Herndon in the 18th was my last pick. So, Dan, general thoughts on your team as you recap it now since it's been a little while since we've done this draft. Uh, I wish I would never have picked Doug Baldwin. (laughs) (laughs) Fair, fair. Uh... But, you know, I I think I've got solid, solid players at every position. Uh, I think by far that running back is my weakest position. Um, Basically, I'm counting on McCaffrey and Cook to carry me through the season because I got timeshares with Carson, Geis, and Latavius Murray. Um, So, Dan, looking back on it, would you have maybe sacrificed a tight end? Or quarterback to maybe do another running back, or yeah, I mean, what, just looking at it now, I mean, this is all revisionist history, but right, uh, I, I probably would have gone. Uh, I, I probably could have gone another running back where I grabbed Mahomes, but at the same time, uh, I just wanted to own Mahomes. Right, I, yeah. I wanted to. I wanted to see what it was like to have him on a team. I'm not going to be able to own him in pretty much any of the leagues that I have unless he falls to me at a random spot in the different league. He's probably going to be a keeper in a league record. And I just wanted to see what it was like. I wanted to be a Patrick Mahomes owner in team, which is one of the things that I like about these doing these drafts. So there, I mean, I could have grabbed another running back. I mean, the players taken after him who I could have grabbed were Damian Williams um, or Aaron Jones or, frankly, Leonard Fournette. Um, but so maybe a little bit of a reach on Mahomes there. Uh, so that's probably something that, in hindsight, I probably would have changed. Yeah, but overall, I mean, this, this you know you, we're both running into uh, wide receiver related issues possibly. So yeah, yeah, I mean, this is so. Dan, looking back on it now, you did a good job of drafting depth at wide receiver, so that that way, even though it's a dead pick, you've got more than enough that. Yeah, and you drafted uh, sort of the, like boom type of players in Calvin Ridley, Cortland Sutton, sort of mid Corey to later Davis. in the draft. Yeah, yeah. So, 
See, I'll, I'll go ahead and recap my team. Uh, this is fun because I haven't looked in this in a while to see if I drafted any of the people that I personally said would be great <laughs> late-round targets. Yep. So, number one overall, I had the number one spot. I took Alvin Kamara. Um, as much as I love Christian McCaffrey, which looking back, and I can't believe he fell to the fifth pick even, regardless of size, but right. I just wanted to have a piece of Kamara now that he's the lead dog there. Um, I mean, you're looking at double-digit touchdowns every year, so... Here's my number one. Um, I was able to get Joe Mixon in the second round. In the third round, I took my first wide receiver. This one could hurt. Tyreek Hill. So on the swing, yep. I took Mixon and Hill thinking Hill's, to me, the perfect elite wide receiver for best ball because he can break ball, plays sure. at any point. But yep. I may not have him the entire year. So we'll see about that. How did I recover? In the fourth, I took George Kittle. I'll get one of the top three uh, tight ends. In the fifth, I got Amari Cooper. Sixth, I took Devonta Freeman from Atlanta. Seventh, Chris Godwin. Eighth, I took my first quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. So that was one. He was just sitting there. I'm like, boy, but I almost have to. Can't pass him up, right? Ninth, Carrion Johnson. In the tenth, I took Hunter Henry from the Chargers. 11th, Tyler Lockett, which uh, that fell into place nicely. Yep. Uh, 12th round, I took Sterling Shepard. 13th round, here's the guy. I I live by what I I talk about. Deshaun Jackson. 14th, Kenyon Drake. 15th, Kiki QT. 16th, Royce Freeman. 17th, <laughs> 17th, Adrian Peterson. Hey-o. And 18th with my last pick, Jameis Winston to back up Aaron Rodgers. So, right. so this is cool looking back at this because I took three players that I listed as people that I would target later in the draft. So, um, you know, that's sort of my mentality is after I get past the first, like, five rounds, I'm more than likely looking at players that are more tailored for this type of league. Right. So. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'll be. I like your team a whole heck of a lot more than I like mine. Uh, you're, you are. You went. Your strategy is running back and wide receiver heavy. Uh, but again, you've got Aaron Rodgers and uh, Jameis Winston. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers. You probably don't have to worry about having Jameis play the whole time. Right. The only thing that would stink is if, for some reason, some way, somehow, they're both down. Uh, then you're kind of out of luck. I mean, Jameis could lose the job this year. True. And if Aaron Rodgers gets nicked up again, he wasn't the same type of quarterback. Now, his efficiency as far as no interceptions were there, but that doesn't really matter here. It's more right. of yards and points. So, yeah, this is where a strategy where you only take two in one position could bite you. And so that's the risk that I take. I think last year, what was it? I had Big Ben and Tyrod Taylor in like a 12-team league. Yep. And Tyrod went down. Now, thank God Big Ben was awesome, but there was one week where I, I could not accumulate any points at all from the quarterback. The quarterback because there, no one was playing. Right. So that's a risk that you have to weigh. So it's depending on – it's almost like playing the stock market. What's your risk level? And mine is I'd rather load up on the positions where more play, but it could bite me in the, right. in the end. So, um, But, yeah, I, I was pleased to see that took Deshaun and Kiki in, in the 13th and 15th because I think that's – more than fair uh, for this league size. And then Royce Freeman, like I said, who knows? It who could, knows? He exactly. could be a dud. But um, that's the type of, of stuff you look at when you're dealing with best ball. So, so Dan, 
that's pretty much where I wanted to go. We recapped the league. We went over all the basics, talked some sh- strategies. Is there anything else best ball related that you could add in? Or um, I'll, I'll add this in. Um, if you want to ever play against me, I'll freely give out my uh, username here so that that way you can come find me uh, anywhere. And my best ball handle is not takes Bob. So N-O-T-T-A-K-E-S-B-O-B. Feel free to find me, request me. Uh, I've done that with a few people on Twitter. Even if it's weekly, I'm all game. I don't know if, Dan, you want to give yours out, but I, I, I enjoy doing these with anybody. Yeah, it's D-J-B-E-N-W-A-33. So yeah. DJ Benoit. If you want to take on both of us, feel free to. We'd love to play any of the listeners that uh, support the podcast. So we're all about uh, the draft uh, app. We're all about best ball. So yeah, find us on the draft app at either of those two handles. Dan, anything else you want to add on best ball related? Nope. All right. It well, sounds like we've covered it, Bobby. Well, let's close this show up because I'm ready to start my vacation. So <laughs> as always, follow us Twitter and Instagram at NotTakesFF, N-O-T-T-A-K-E-S-F-F, Twitter and Instagram. Email us, NotTakesFF at gmail.com. Feel free to join our podcast homepage. Dan, we got some new followers this week that favorited us on the Anchor platform. Nice. And that's anchor.fm forward slash not takes FF. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M forward slash not takes FF. You can follow us like some uh, new listeners have on the Anchor app. You can listen to us there. You can leave us voice messages with questions, feedbacks, general thoughts that we could put into the show. Uh, but the best thing is it has links to all 12 platforms that we're on. So if you have a particular platform of choice, you can link there directly. Uh, if you listen on Apple, please rate, review, and subscribe. A five-star rating and review really helps our show, and we appreciate anybody that takes even 30 seconds to do that. But anywhere that you listen to us, subscribe. That way you get the new episodes as they drop. And Dan, as we always do, shout out your brother Tom for us. Yeah, song called Alma, and it's been with us from the jump, from the very beginning. Uh, it's a uh, it's a great tune. Bob and I are you know big fans of it. Uh, if you like the song, if you like what he does, he does all aspects of the song, plays, writes, drums, does everything. Um, check out his SoundCloud. He's that dude, Tom. And uh, thanks, Tom, again, and as always, for letting us use that song. It's fantastic, and keep up the good work, my man. Yep, Tom, appreciate it. And Dan, I will talk to you in two weeks when we get ready to get uh, into the Dynasty Draft for our league that we share. But until then, man, I will talk to you later. And, uh, yeah, enjoy your time off uh, from the show. I'll be at the beach, hopefully drinking a beer. Yeah, enjoy that time. Beat time, Bobby. Later, Dan. (laughs) My voice cracked. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! Ha, ha, ha.